Welcome to the Healing Peddlers podcast. Today I'm happy to introduce Laura Clark, known as the Soul Wise Living Mentor. Laura works with overwhelmed professionals to get off the emotional roller coaster that leads to inaction and a lack of confidence. She uses a unique blend of tools to help her clients hear and understand their own intuition more consistently and act upon it more courageously to lead the inspired life filled with joy and abundance that they so want. She is a co-author of the international best-selling Choosing Happiness and number one bestseller Cultivating Joy, where she shows you exactly how to stay in joy no matter what's going on around you. You can find her virtually at soulwiseliving.com. Welcome, Laura. Mm, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. You do such marvelous work in the world, and it is so very important to people to understand as much as they can about pet loss and making that transition as easy and as graceful as possible. So I honor you. Thank you. I'm happy to have you as a guest here. You always seem so joy-filled, and it seems to be natural to you. Have you always been this way? <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely not. I was a teenager who really saw the, the glass as half empty, if not always empty. And I always used to have that tape that went through my head of, why me? Oh, woe is me. And it was a time of real challenge to me. And I was dealing with a mother who had depression. And I always saw the world as kind of limiting and less than possible. And indeed, because of how I was dealing emotionally and with my own mindset throughout my 20s, I fell into a deep depression in my early 30s. And it wasn't until I had a tremendous healer who started me down the journey of seeing that there's so many blessings that we can see no matter what is going on around us. Living depressed and unhappy takes a lot of energy. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and living with possibility and joy and happiness makes those challenges that come up because life is filled with those obstacles that are put in our road. When we live with curiosity and I wonder, I wonder what, I wonder how, it's a lot easier. And in my 30s, I was at a point where I wanted to check out. So it was, do I leave this earthly plane or do I stay here? And if I stay here, I certainly don't want to live the way I am. So I am going to choose to be happy. Then I had to find and create ways to cultivate that joy and grow. And it took me a little bit of time, but I don't see the glass as half empty. In fact, I see it overflowing. And when it does become a little empty, I know it's refillable. So my practice really is about looking at life with curiosity, finding the blessings so that you can be infused with joy so that you can go forward no matter what you see going on, filled with happiness. That sounds great. Yeah. It's a simple practice, but it's very powerful. It's simple and it's powerful. 
And it's difficult to learn if yeah. you don't have the support to learn the, the techniques and the tools. Trying to do it on your own is almost impossible because I tried it. I tried yeah. it on my own. I tried all the self-help, personal growth and development books. And I would take a little bit about it and go forward and then return to old ways and old habits. Yeah. It's when you find that community or that individual who can bring you forward through the lessons and infuse it into your life. It's like any other skill, Marianne. It is a skill. You can cultivate this and learn this, but as any other skill, it takes some practice and learning from those people who have already mastered it. Yeah, I agree. Having support means a lot. And it is, as you say, it is a choice. It has a lot to do with making the intention and making it a choice. What about now? What brings you the most joy now? Oh, well, that's an easy answer all the time. And that's my dogs. I am a dog lover. I was raised with three St. Bernards. So the bigger the dog, the better. <laughs> um, the paws that are big that you can shake hands with and really connect and the deep eyes and even the slobbers. I don't mind the slobbers. But the tail that wags that meets you at the door when you come home with such happiness, that love is just so pure. Dogs bring me the most joy. And I referred to a time in my life that was very challenging for me. And I know I would have checked out if I didn't have my banker. He was, he was a handful. He was a greyhound lab mix. So he had a lot of energy. And he required me to walk him all the time to get out into nature and connect with the earth's strength and the smells that nature provides. He really saved my life in so very many ways. And, you know, I could go through stories of all of my dogs. As an adult, I've had eight dogs and they come and they go. They choose me for a specific purpose to teach me specific lesson and to bring me joy at the time that they come into my life. And, and I love each and every one of them. I do believe that one I connected with very profoundly and very deeply. And that's my little Tarsi. She's been gone now for a year. She left in very challenging situation. Let me go through her story because she was an angel with paws. She came into my life right after my mom had passed forward at a time when I was deepening my own spiritual practice. She was born no bigger than a Coke can as a black lab. That's very unusual. She was tube fed for six weeks. The breeder was not sure whether she would thrive, let alone survive. I had picked up the litter, so I had gone up and picked her litter mate. And there was something about this little girl when they put her in my arms and I was like, she's got to come home with me. And so I brought two home <laughs> and they were just side by side all the time. But Tarsi connected with me differently than anybody else. You know, we're not supposed to have favorites as parents or even fur parents. <laughs> so I'm not going to say she was my favorite. I'm just going to say we connected very deeply. So as I was developing my spiritual practices and all those skills to bring me into a joyful place, 
she would sit on my lap when I journaled, when I beat my drum, she would come to the side and just sit there where the other dogs, sometimes they cower away when they hear a drum. She loved to ride in the car. She loved to ride in the car. And when it was time that she would be coming with us, we would say, are you ready for anything? And she would jump up and wag that tail and run to the door and just like, I'm ready for anything. And, yeah. And so she brought me so much joy. She lived to be 10. And we found out when she was about six that her spine was completely fused. And the, the doctors couldn't understand how she could walk. Here she is wiggling her little bummy around and, and walking all over the place with such joy and such grace, never complaining. And she taught me all of those things. And she was there to truly cultivate that in me. And last year, just a little over a year ago, my man friend husband was in a rollover car accident on the highway. The car rolled over three or four times and she was thrown from the car. Michael fortunately walked away from the accident. There was no roof left to the car. So nobody should have lived through that. And uh, we had two other golden retrievers and they fine after the accident. Michael was fine, but Tarsi ran away from the accident site. She transitioned forward after about eight days we found her. She was already gone. But during those eight days, true to form, she brought so much joy and so much love and so much light to a community that developed from Social media, I, I reached out to social media to help in the search. And we had people going to shelters and vets and walking neighborhoods and putting up flyers and spreading the message to look for her. And people I don't even know. And I'm sure there were people that were doing it without even my knowledge that they were doing it at this point because social media truly exploded around her. And I shared a lot of stories during that week with people and they covered her with love and light. She, as she transitioned, met that and exponentially grew that love and that joy within people. People say to me when I found her, they say, weren't you heartbroken? And the answer is yes, absolutely. Of course I was, but I couldn't focus on that. I couldn't focus on my heartbreak because I was filled with so much gratitude for everybody's support. So much love that was shined upon Tarsi and upon my family during that time that I would be doing a disservice to Tarsi if I allowed myself to be heartbroken. That's really beautiful, and it's amazing how in such a tragic situation there was so much light and love created. Yeah. Probably also because you've been practicing cultivating joy for such a long time. You managed to open up to what was happening there. So she spread her joy from even in that situation. That's unique. 
Yeah, it was, it was, and even when I speak of it, my heart chakra opens up. Sometimes I, I, I'm like, I can't be this joy filled over that kind of a loss. And yet, whenever I think about her now, and she comes to me a lot, she comes to me when I'm journaling. She used to sleep curled up right in front of my chest. And there are times when I still feel her there. I physically feel her presence come to me during a nap. At a time when I'm trying to figure out an obstacle in my life, she still comes down and she brings me that place of peace and that place of simplicity of love that allows me to embrace anything and find the strength and find the courage to take the steps forward that are difficult. But when you are covered with such love, those steps become, you have to do them. You just, you can't hold yourself back. You have to take those courageous steps because you're drawn forward into doing it. And yeah. there is no fear. One of the things that got me through that period of time was the mantra that I share with a lot of people. And that's, we are all safe in any given moment because time is just a blip. It's a blip. And in each blip of life, we are safe and we are supported and we, we are love. And being able to say that during those times when we don't focus on the blip of the second to take ourselves forward courageously and we we allow some self-doubt to come in it disappears and any dog and i honor people who want to bring into their lives dogs and cats and ferrets and billy goats you know any kind of pet because you are opening yourself up you're opening yourself up to that kind of love that I'm not sure exists between husband and wife and spouse and partner because with pets, it's pure. There's no conditions. That's exactly how I feel too. It's, it's so pure that it's very hard to experience that anywhere else. And in doing so, in opening yourself up to that love, you do open yourself up to hurt. Because we all know pets typically live shorter lives than we do. And they will transition forward. And that loss can be very hurtful if you don't cultivate that deeper connection with them and really know that that connection exists beyond this, this time, this realm. Even my, my first dog I was talking about, Binker, he was a challenge and he was a very independent dog. And whenever I come across a person who tends to be very independent and strong-willed, he comes back and he kind of like a knock-knock, remember me, use the lessons <laughs> you learned from me, because here they are in the mirror of it here. So I can bring him back in and laugh and giggle and go, okay, thanks. I remember that. All right. <laughs> I remember I need to be patient in this life. Thank you for teaching me that. <laughs> Wonderful lessons. Mm, yeah. 
This is also going to be extremely helpful for people who have lost their animal friends and your story with Tarsi, because it really shows how it's possible to bring light into such difficult situations and how they can even be experienced after they're gone. It's a very beautiful story. Oh, thank you very much. And that's part of the whole process. If you can find that story in your connection to a pet, then when you're feeling that sorrow, you connect to that story and it brings you warmth. Yeah. And each pet that we've ever had has that story with you. Absolutely. I believe that. You mentioned more specifically, you used a mantra that you say, is there anything else specifically that you could suggest people can do when they are facing a loss or a grief that is almost unbearable? Sure. You know, I think that the first thing that we have to remember is that our pets love us unconditionally. They don't want us to be sad, unhappy ever. I mean, you, just the way they greet you at the door, the dog that runs up and says, oh, you're home. This is great. Our pets want the best for us. And we do a disservice of honoring them when we grieve to the point where we cannot function. So the best tip is to honor their love and connect with it and know that they are safe now that you are safe now, that they support you now, and you can still support them now, that they are spirit and that you are spirit and that we are all one. So you are safe, you are supported, and you are spirit. And that That's connection beautiful. then brightens. Beautiful and so powerful. Thank you. Tasi's story is also in, in your new book, right? It is. The Tarsi story is in the Cultivating Joy book, Lessons for a Woman's Soul. And it takes people through there. And I've had lots of people tell me that they cannot read it a second time without crying again. But in those tears, they're able to recognize their own story and their own connection with their pet. And that resonance is really why I wrote that story. And you can find that on Amazon, it's Cultivating Joy. That's going to be very helpful to a lot of people because it's exactly that, how to not get stuck or get overwhelmed by grief. Yeah. I really appreciate that you shared that unique story in that book. Oh, thank you. Thank Tarsi. Yeah. Thank Tarsi, you know. She wrote the story, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> So you were part of that book, and can you share a few opportunities for people, how they can learn more about you and work with you? Sure, I'd love to. My website is soulwiseliving.com, and I offer a gift to people there where you can get an audio series, and it's my Soulwise Compass. It's about how to navigate your way through your emotions and through your thoughts to your inner wisdom, to your innate joy that each and every one of us has. And it's a, an audio series, The Soulwise Compass. It's found on my website, soulwiseliving.com. That's great. 
And what is the best tip you can share that my listeners can start using today to discover more joy in any situation? Sure. The best one tip is to be curious. Be curious like a dog, like a puppy and a kitty cat. You know, they're filled with curiosity. Use that. Use that lesson to look at any situation from a different perspective. And joy will come forward when you become curious. That's a great tip. Most of us have that example right in front of us. All we need to do is just look at our pets. If they have passed, we can just think about them and change perspective and see it from that curious, open way that they have. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. I really appreciate having this conversation and it's going to be very helpful for a lot of people and very inspiring. I for one look forward to rereading Tasi's story because that was very moving. Thank you so much for having me, Marianne, and I wish you a wag-filled day. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank you and bye for now. And that was the Healing Pet Loss podcast, and I thank Laura Clark for this very inspiring call. And if you like this podcast episode, I invite you to subscribe and leave a review of the Healing Pet Loss podcast in iTunes. And I hope you will join me for the next episode of the Healing Pet Loss podcast.